I have questions that I wish I could have asked um, now that he's gone. And for anyone listening, if you have your dad and your mom alive, cherish them. Ask all the questions you could ever think to ask. Because tomorrow is not promised. Welcome to the Distinctly You podcast, where I interview women who have redefined success in different seasons of change. I'm your host, Sharifa Muniz, and today is a special throwback episode from last year on the Ida as a Four podcast, where I discuss my hopes for launching this very podcast and the impact I hope to make as a result. Enjoy the episode. Hello. Good morning, Sherry. Hello, good morning. How are you? I am good. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm so excited to be able to collaborate and chat with you today. The feeling is mutual, Sherry. <laughs> hey, for those of you who are joining us, we are both movement makers and we want to make an impact on the world. And so as you watch today, the question I asked before is what impact do you intend to make on the world? I want to help heart-centered entrepreneurs to get clarity on their finances, their accounting, their bookkeeping, so that they can all go out and make that impact in the world that they want to make. And Sherry wants to help, especially women, right? Yeah. Give guidance on pivoting in their lives, their career, and their business. Sherry, I'm going to jump right in with questions because I have a ton of them for you. Why is it? Why do you do what you do? I'll be very honest with you. Um, as a woman, um, a wife, a mom, um, a lot of times we don't put ourselves first. It's usually our family, our loved ones. We're always going and doing and doing. And sometimes it's very easy to lose yourself in the midst of life happening. And I've found that over the years, I've had to pivot and transition, you know, from being a single woman to being a married woman, from being a married woman to being a mom, you know, from being a woman who was just very career oriented to now being a mom who had to figure out how to incorporate career, right, as part of, you know, still being a mom and not losing yourself altogether. And now I find myself in that phase in my life where my kids are grown and have left home. And I'm finding myself again in that new transition of, okay, what's, what is, what is life like when you're not running around with little kids and what should I be doing now? And I find that I have, a, and I know a lot of other women have gone through this or are going through this. And so by coaching, this allows me to work with other women who have been through what I've been through or who are going through that, you know, know that they're not alone in this and know that it is possible to make those pivots. It is possible to make those transitions along the way successfully and still live a very fulfilled life. So that's really why I do what I'm doing um, over here at Distinct Point. You know, what's beautiful is that this is really inspired by your own, your own personal journey, right? And, and I think one of our mentors say, you're best equipped to help the person you once were. Okay. You just need to be at least five steps ahead of that person, and then you can turn around and help them climb up your first Absolutely. step. Absolutely. I agree. So in that light, tell me what has been your favorite client story so far? Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you that um, there are, you know, quite a number. Um, I can give you a few examples. I remember... Um, 
one of my clients slash, I, I don't even refer to them as clients because they're my friends at this point because yeah. you build that relationship. Um, you know, we were just having a simple conversation, especially in the area of finances, which is something I'm very passionate about. Um, not just from just having a background in economics, but also having, you know, run multiple businesses and having dealt with the financial hardships and ups and downs of all of that. It is something that I really, really talk to women about. And I know you can relate from your accounting background about the importance of finances. And we were just talking about, and I was just sharing with her a little bit about the importance of getting her financial house in order. And she broke into tears, right? And um, and I, I didn't understand. I was like, gosh, you know, what did I say? And she she just said to me like, I felt lost, you know, in the era of my finances, I just felt like hopeless and just talking to you gives me hope. You know what I mean? And, and that really touched me because, you know, sometimes you don't always realize that the things that you've gone through that you might take for granted and the things you know now, someone else needs to know that someone else is seeking that knowledge. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to incorporate all aspects of my life, my experiences, and my skills into what I do in coaching, whether it's from the business aspect, whether it's from the financial aspect, or even just lifing, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's one that really does stick out. <laughs> yeah, so focusing on this particular person, what transformation did she make? Well. I mean, first of all, she is now in a place where she was able to transition from the position she was in into a higher level paying position, which has eased, you know what I'm saying, some of that financial burden. And she is now more intentional about making sure that she lives within a budget, yeah. you know, with some of the first, you know what I'm saying, steps um, to take. So that is definitely a huge plus. And now she is, in addition to that, now seeking to get into entrepreneurship and also delve into that. So, you know, it's yeah. been phases and it's been beautiful watching that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That actually just embodies everything you do, right? Because you do help women who are in this phase of transitioning, right? And and oftentimes when you see somebody who wants to transition from maybe the career phase to being an entrepreneur, one of the things that the things that really holds them back is the fact that their finances are a mess. And so you're looking at the thing like, hey, I have the goals, I have these aspirations, I have these things I want to do, but I cannot do them because I can't afford to take time off from work or reduce the hours. Or sometimes people are like, okay, if I could only go from full-time work to part-time work because I'm a mom and I'm a career woman, I can't take time for my kids, but you can kind of reduce time from work so you can create time for this other person that you're becoming. But a lot of people don't have the ability to make that or the, not, the, not the ability everybody has the ability to make it but just uh, just the, the 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 freedom to do that if your finances are in order you're able to make those decisions more easily but if you are in a financial mess it makes it harder for you to take those decisions so it's really beautiful to see that you help this person 
to get their financial powerhouse in order. And now you're helping them to start the entrepreneurship journey. You know what? I do want to just chime in there and say that it really begins with a mindset shift. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people, you know, have excuses or reasons why they can't do something. And money is one of those reasons. But, you know, instead of asking yourself, oh, instead of saying, I can't afford it. You should ask that question. And this is from um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, by the way. I'm citing this. How can (laughs) I afford it should be the question. Because the minute your mindset shifts and you change that narrative in your mind from I can't to how can I, now all of a sudden you start working in a solution-oriented manner that allows you to make decisions that literally makes you realize that you have access to resources, people, and things right underneath your own nose that can make it happen for you. That's even way more than the financial aspect. So once you start to make the move, then the financial piece will start to come together. So it really does start with the mind. I absolutely agree with that. And by the way, the book you mentioned is one of my favorite books of all time. (laughs) That's the the reach that poor that I the one I've read from cover to cover is the very first of his books, the actual reach that poor that the rest yeah. of it is just like the it expands yeah. on what the original book talks about talk talks about. But it is one of those books that would really get you to shift your mindset from I can't afford, I can't do that to how can I? Because once you start to ask those questions, then you start to find the solutions to the problem that you're facing. That's right. It, and I like to give it with an example of this analogy of the car. I'm sure everybody have, everybody has heard of this example, which is when you want a car, you start to research the car. You start to look at the pros and cons. You start to look at the reviews of it. And then all of a sudden, everywhere you're driving, you see that car. Is it like a lot of people now bought the car because you're looking at it? No. It's just because you communicated to yourself, like, this is what I want. I believe I'm going to get it. And then your brain starts to point it out to you, hey. Look at it. Yes, this thing you love, like this is it, this is it, this is it. And the more it reinforces to you how you can actually, like it doesn't necessarily show you how you can get it, but it's reminding you, hey, you love this thing. You love this thing. And now you start to program yourself to be like, hey, I really want to get that thing and I'm going to find a way to get it. What do you think about that? That's absolutely spot on. And that that is a reality. I mean, in fact, it's interesting you use the car um, for that analogy, because that that exact situation, you know, happened to me. And, um, you know, it's one of the reasons why I'm actually fu- really passionate about women getting their finances together. And I'm really passionate about women, you know, not letting anything stop us from achieving the things that we want to achieve. Because I remember, you know, coming out of college, wanting to get my first car. And I have been dreaming of this car. It was a Honda Civic, a black Honda Civic to be exact. And I remember I would see it on the road, see people driving it. And I would just be like, oh, I cannot wait. I remember going to dealerships, researching, doing the whole nine. And then I was ready to go ahead and, you know, um, get that car. I got my first job out of college. I was ready to go. And they're like, your credit is um, <laughs> not sufficient for you to get this car. 
on your own. You need a co-signer. I was like, what? I don't need a co-signer. You know, what do you mean? You know, my credit isn't good. And while I was in college, I was that girl who would get all these credit card offers and just think, oh my God, these companies love me. Mm -hmm. And I would sign up for all and every card and not realize, well, kind of had to pay it back and on time. And so with that being said, I came out of college feeling like, yes, I'm making a paycheck. And it's like the car company was like, uh-uh, my friend, um, your, your, your credit isn't in order. And that's really what got me into that whole pinnacle of figuring out what is credit? How did I get myself in this mess? And how am I going to get myself out of this mess? I did get a co-signer, by the way, and I did get that core. And I did take the co-signer off of it within a year and got my credit in order. So that did. <laughs> that's my three questions I want to ask you from what you just said. <laughs> Everybody who's listening to those at one point or another has been in that exact, exact same situation where they want something, they think they can afford it, and they walk into the dealership or whatever place and they say, oh, you cannot afford this right now because your credit is a mess. Go get a cosigner. And most people don't even understand the implications of what getting a cosigner is. Most people don't understand that once you go and cosign for somebody, you're in, you're in fact saying, if Sherry doesn't pay for her car, I am going to pay. When you get to explain to people in that way, like, oh, is that really what co-signing means? Yeah, that's what it means. It is. What have you seen in your experience when it comes to people wanting co-signing and, and getting into that mistake of signing without necessarily understanding that this is the implication of it? To be honest, it's something I discourage unless you are a parent and it is your child, you know, um, and, and it is a situation where you know I am willing to take on this responsibility for myself. Assume the worst case scenario. Assume this is something I'm taking on for myself. As long as you know you are willing to take that debt on, don't do it. You know, yeah. that's the bottom line. Um, I, you know, I was fortunate enough, um, you know, in getting a co-signer in family, right? And so that's the beauty of it. And um, and I've always been that person that my family knows has always been the go-getter, the I'm going to get this thing done. And um, so it was really not a, a problem. I just didn't even realize what I was doing wrong. I I had bad credit over $25, okay? So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like thousands of dollars I racked up. I just didn't know how it worked. Sherry, I want to hear that $25 story. Okay. So, so in my case, you know, um, I was able to get through that. But that's not the case for a lot of people. And, and not to diminish that, because there are people who don't know but are, you know, do get into thousands of dollars worth of debt. And, you know, and, and, and it's not their fault. It's just sad that we're not taught this in school. This is not something that we talk over with our families on the dinner table. This is something that a lot of, you know, a lot of us just learn the hard way. And, you know, we, and a lot of people tend to be embarrassed or feel bad, and they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. They should really ask for help because that's why we're here. That's what, why we do what we do, to let people know that they're not alone and that they can 
get out of it. And there is hope on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you tell me a twenty five dollar story? But I just story. Honestly speaking, it was, I, I can't even remember. It was definitely something that I had probably gotten and just forgotten to, you know, to pay back. And, um, you know, you're a college student, you're living your best life. You know how that goes, right? You're not really like meticulously checking all your bills and checking and making sure. So it was one of those things that happened that I couldn't even remember. And I was like, oh my gosh, you yeah. know, but um, it made me now aware of the fact that, you know, our credit does matter and paying attention to all those little things. But seriously speaking, whether it's $25, whether it's $25,000, it's still the same, yeah. right? It's still the same. It might take longer for the latter, but you can still get out of it with a, the right strategy in place. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to circle back to that because I have a question around that. But I want to go to the question about, um, you mentioned something about when you were back there in college and you had all those credit card offers coming at you. It's like, oh, I think the credit companies love me and stuff. But honestly, it's just because they think they can make money out of you. And, and the people they can actually make a lot of money out of are the people who basically pay the bare minimums, the, the, the pay. They always pay their minimum, but they pay on time. But what you don't know is that once you're paying that minimum, you're only paying the interest plus about $10, $20 on top of that. So your, your, your balance isn't going down. It's pretty much just adding every single month. What, what, what mistake do you see people making in that direction in terms of all those multiple credit cards they get? And what advice would you have for them? Well, first of all, you know, I'm going to answer that in twofold. Um, when you talked about when I was, you know, younger in college and I was getting all these credit card offers, a lot of credit card companies prey on the young. True. You know, as soon as you turn 18 years old and you are quote and unquote an adult, you start getting these, um, you know, you start getting these credit card offers. And many of these kids don't know, like I didn't know. And as we are talking about impact today, that's one of the reasons um, I'm also a nonprofit founder, by the way. Um, I, I um, have a nonprofit called the New Way Foundation. And one of the things we do is we have an event that we call Money Talks. And we are actually in the process of releasing a financial literacy curriculum for teenage kids focused on high school kids, getting them educated on the dangers of credit. Yeah. And how to manage credit so that when they do get those letters, <laughs> they won't make the same mistake I did, you know? Sure. And so for me, the impact is like, if we can get our next generation not to make, make the, um, the same mistakes we did from a young age, right? It puts them, you know, in a better, in a better, hey, Kayla, there you go. Shout out New Way Foundation. And I see you. And um, with that being said, um, you know, so knowledge education is one thing, right? Yeah. And when you, you're right, a lot of people who do use credit and a lot of people who, you know, rack on the credit, you know, it's very easy when you see, oh, I only have a $25 minimum, right? To yeah. pay and, and, you know, buying that, you know, 
$5,000 Gucci purse doesn't seem like such a big expense anymore, right? But when you, once you get the education and you get the knowledge and you realize that you should only be spending within your means so that if you are going to use a credit card, like I use a credit card, I use credit cards, yeah, but I use credit cards for points. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm trying to get points for all the travel and, you know, hotels and dining that I can get for free, yeah. right? By using the points. So what that means is I'm going to use the credit card to purchase something that I know I have enough money in my bank account to cover. Yeah. As soon as I've used the credit card, I pay it right off. Yeah. And I get the point. Yeah. And, you know, but if people realize that, you know, that's how to use the credit card and avoid the interest payments and use it in a way that, you know, and a lot of, you know, the, the 1%, the, the wealthiest of the wealthy, they use credit all the time, right? But they're not racking up all these crazy interest rates. It's, 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 it's the average person, you yeah. know, that does that. So it, again, it's the lack of yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're totally on point on that because I, when we spoke before, I mentioned to you my own personal journey, right? And you're targeting your, your, your newer foundation on what you're doing with the Money Talks is trying to help, especially those teenagers as they are getting into the age where they can start to make this decision so they know what they're supposed to yeah. be doing. I, I came here as, a, as an immigrant in my adulthood. I came to Canada when I was 24. And coming from a system which is purely cash-based, I came from Africa, direct from there, everything. You either have it or you don't have it. When you want to buy something, there's no such thing as a credit card. No, you have the money. You walk into a shop, you buy what you want to buy. You don't have it, you don't get it. And so coming over here, I already had the discipline. And I don't think the discipline was because I had built in that discipline. For me, it was just, I know if I don't have it, I don't get it. And now you're coming to a system which gives you a piece of plastic to say, hey, uh, you just need to be able to make your minimum payments. The bank doesn't educate you, zero. The bank gives it to you and all they're going to tell you is, oh, as long as you can make your minimum payments, you're fine. That is miseducation by omission. It's, it's, they're not lying to you. They're just not telling you. I don't know if it's that they don't know or that they don't want to tell you because that's how they get to make their money. I don't know. But that is partly what you and I in our missions to impact and help, especially the people that we once were. That's what we're trying to do. That's the impact we're trying to create. My own journey when I came over here to Canada, I accepted pretty much every single credit card offer that came in the mail. Because the people who were around me told me, like I asked the question like, hey, I'm getting these offers in the mail. What does it mean? And they said, oh, it simply means that um, you, you're in good standing. So if it comes, accept it. You never know when you're going to need it. That becomes your emergency fund. That's the education I got. And so I took it on. And what education at the bank told me? Make your minimum payments. And so I made minimum payments. I accepted the credit cards as they came in. And before I knew it, between my car, credit cards, and everything else, I was $60,000 in debt. That's not even student loans. Mm. I was $60,000 in debt. And when you're at that place, you... You have basically bought yourself a different kind of slavery, which is you don't have the liberty to make decisions for yourself that are driven by what you want to be or who you are. You make decisions that are driven by the fact that you need X amount of dollars at the end of every single month in order to meet those minimum payments. And so you're stuck in this place, which is like, 
you work before the money gets into your bank account is pretty much out. And so you're like, oh, I did all of this work this month and there's nothing to show for it. I want to make myself happy. Oh, I do have a little space credit available on this other card. Let's go use it. And then you use it and you buy more stuff to feel some fulfillment that cannot be filled by stuff. And, and at one point, I was like, you know what? Look, and, and all of this, I'm an accountant. So I should know, but I don't. Well, I didn't. <laughs> and so at a certain point, I came across Dave Ramsey, which I mentioned to you before. I came across his content and he, like, he, he, he made a lot of sense to me. And so I just started applying his principles and I got, between my husband and I, we got ourselves out of it. And because I was able, we were able to do that. It has opened up so many other doors for me. It's not like some new doors open. It's just the doors that were there that I couldn't look at before. Now I, now I could actually look at them because I'm not stressed out about that financial aspect anymore. I'm like, hey, Ida, what is it you really want? And I look around and it's like, hey, the, one of the impacts I want to make is help other people figure out how to get themselves out of that position. So if you want to make certain decisions, those decisions are not driven by money anymore. They're driven by your heart. What is it you want to do? And for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I want to get into one. Like if you could, if money was not an issue, what do you want to do? And you hear people say things like, oh, I wouldn't be working at this company anymore. I would be doing X, Y, Z. I would be doing this. Like, okay, but why are you still there? Oh, because I need the money. So that's, that's what we need to begin. How can we solve that problem for you? And so when we look at impact, it's like, one of your biggest pain points becomes one of the most, the driving forces for what it is that you want to, to achieve. So it's, it's, it's really like, I mean, what you're doing, like when I get into financial education, I just, I, I just go. Listen, I know we had, uh, I, I don't know if it was last week or I think it was last week or the week before. If you remember once we, we started chatting before we knew it, it was like, uh, where did the hour just go? Yeah. And, um, you know, and we're definitely, um, definitely kindred spirits in that way. And, um, really, um, you know, it's, it's just something, especially I would even say even within, you know, um, the black community as a whole, you know what I mean? It's something that, um, you know, we don't really talk about as much and it's something that we need to. And I think that when you see other people that look like you, you know, that you can really relate to that have been through similar circumstances. It's easier to put yourself and see yourself like, okay, if, if she can do it, you know, okay, okay, there's hope for yeah. me, you know, and I think that's really part of, you know, that impact of being able to say, hey, you know, how do we, after lifting ourselves up, how do we put our hand out and help our brother and our sister to lift them up too, you know, yeah. because we're all stronger together. Right. Yeah. And um, so, so it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And, and congratulations to you as well. So you talked about your new way foundation where you do those money talks. Um, can you, can you expand, can you expand for me what new way foundation does? Cause you'd mentioned before when you were talking about it, you yeah. talked about you also help the underprivileged people who cannot maybe afford the services you help them through. So can you expand on what New Way Foundation does? Yeah. So actually, New Way Foundation um, is focused on creating educational opportunities, right, for diverse learners. And one of the reasons I established New Way Foundation 
in that whole theme of impact, it was actually inspired in legacy to my dad. My dad was the biggest proponent of education. And um, I mean, he was that guy, right? He was that guy when you couldn't go to school. He loved us now. I know he loved us, but when you couldn't go to school, he was like, oh. he, he, he would be so sad because you were missing school. He would reach out to the teacher to make sure he got your homework. So you being at home, Honestly, if you really weren't sick and you were playing sick, you were doing yourself a disservice because you had your homework coming back home and you're still going to do it, right? Yeah. So you just have to be sure you were really sick and it wasn't just a, I'm trying to get out of school day. So, you know, uh, he was the biggest proponent of education and, um, and he was the first in his family to go to college. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and my mom too. My mom too was the first in her family to go to college. And I will tell you that, uh, when I lost my dad um, 12 years ago, um, I had strangers coming up to me, literally, in his, during his funeral, telling me, if it wasn't for your dad, I wouldn't have been able to go to school. If it wasn't for your dad, I wouldn't have the job I have right now. And I was like, I mean, I knew my dad loved education, and I knew he had a heart for people. But who was this man that we're talking about like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And literally... You know, we, as a family, we had what we needed. Clean clothes. You could get to school. We lived a very simple life, but we had everything we needed. But I didn't realize that we could have had more, but daddy was putting a lot of people through school. You know, daddy was, <laughs> he was you know. He was that was my father too. Keep going. <laughs> you know, he was, you know, he was, you know, really making an impact out there, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you, it really touched me. And I felt like I had to keep that legacy going. Yeah. So through the New Way Foundation, we provide scholarship opportunities to kids who are the first in their families to go to college and who have that same spirit of resilience. To, to get them um, access to getting um, into college. So that's primarily what we do. But in addition to doing that, we also provide them with educational tools, like what we talked about with financial literacy to make the right decisions while they're in college and beyond. Wow. Wow. Speaking about impact and that combines with legacy, that, that's, that's amazing. It's beautiful that your dad had such an impact on Number one, the community through the people that he touched. But number two, on you, because now you are deciding to carry on that legacy of your father by impacting your world in the way that he was trying to impact the world. So it's it's amazing what you're doing. And it's, I don't know, it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Wow. What is What is one of the, Biggest compliment you've ever received from one of your clients? Gosh. Um, um, I, I have a client um, of mine that, um, I don't know, in between her tears, to be honest with you, it was hard to see what she was saying, but um, she just said, I thank God for you. Um, um, you know, at the ending of the day, 
we have this one life to live. And, um, and if you can live that life in a way where you can be a blessing to someone else, you know, where your children can look upon, look at you and say, wow, that's my mom. When your husband can look at you and be like, that's my wife. You know, there's a, there's this, um, in the Bible, the Proverbs 31 woman, this virtuous woman, mm-hmm. you know, that's for me what it's all about. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, it's not just about the money. Um, it's about the freedom that money offers. But at the same time, we're not just blessed for the sake of being blessed. I believe that the Lord gives us these blessings so we can be a blessing to others. And to me, that's really what it's all about. For me, that's the impact that I want to make. I want to be a vessel of honor. And I want that glory at the ending of the day to go to God. Wow. Oh, my God. I sure you're not sure of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I have one question for you. Okay. Who are three people? dead or alive, that if you got the chance to sit with and talk with, you would want to do that and why? Yikes. Well, I'll be honest. It would have been, it would be easy to say, oh, I would love, you know, if Jesus was alive, but I don't, I mean, I'm in so in awe of the Lord and just, um, you know, this, you know, just all the stories and everything I read in the Bible, you know, when you think about biblical days, my question is, if I saw him, would I even have known him? Would I have known that he has made this impact, not just in my life, but in the world as, as a whole? So that is one that I, I, I ponder. Um, I will say that um, my dad, who I just referenced, um, I've learned a lot of things about him since he passed away. And um, I would, I have questions that I wish I could have asked um, now that he's gone. And for anyone listening, if you have your dad and your your mom alive, cherish them. Ask all the questions you could ever think to ask because tomorrow is not promised. I'm sorry. And um, I think, ooh, for the third one, gosh, I don't know. That's an interesting one. Um, Okay. I love me some Michelle Obama, okay? I love me some Michelle Obama. So I would not mind to get in uh, and sit and even interview her. So just a mention, I'm going to be starting a podcast next month called Be Distinctly You and putting out the shout out. If anyone knows Michelle out there, I would love to interview you, girl. Whoa. Okay. Well, planting a seed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when it happens. It's like, oh my God, I know we talked about this like a joke. And look at it. Michelle Obama. I know, right? <laughs> you know what? You know, I actually think that could happen because a couple of things. Yeah. Because Michelle, I mean, I love her. 
I'm inspired by her. Yeah. The forever for place. <laughs> Not just because she's black, but she's Michelle. She's Michelle. Yeah. Right? She's, <laughs> she's Barack's wife. She's Michelle. <laughs> oh my God. But, but, but in addition <laughs> to that, I know she's, she's big on education. She's big on, um, well, she's big on well-being as a whole, but mm-hmm. she's also big on on the impact i listened to her talk on a podcast called uh, your mama's kitchen mm. so it's a relatively new podcast and like pre- i only listened to the first episode of it and it happened to be michelle as a guest on the podcast and she was talking about like the impact that her her, her mother's kitchen the name of the podcast is li- literally your mother's My kitchen and talking about the impact that it had on you yeah the the, the things that would happen in your mother's kitchen it's like just certain things so it's it's the the relatable aspects of her she's so relatable she's so she's so down to earth that I think even if you reached out to her to be like okay I'm only starting a new podcast and it's about this and it's about that and I, of course she would say yes I think if she can <laughs> Listen, so, I put it out there so it's out there and thank yeah. you for, for 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 agreeing on that so there, there we go all right we will get Michelle, and you know what? Once I get her on my podcast, I'm going to play a clip of this talk, uh, of this conversation we just had, and I might just get her to be on mine. So let's there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so um, in general, people hire me to to take care of like their accounting and their bookkeeping, and when I'm working with a lot of clients, especially like the newer entrepreneurs. They seem to ignore the importance of getting their finances in order, um, keeping things in order, like doing things on time. And a lot of them ignore that until they get to a place where like the government is on their necks and mm-hmm. like, oh, either I need you to do this, I need you to do that. What is something that you have seen in working with your own clients that that they tend they tend to ignore until it gets to a place where it's like, okay, like this really has to happen now. To be honest. Honest, um, I have such a variety of different clients, but the one client that I remember um, who mentioned to me when you asked what was one of the biggest compliments where it was like a hang off for you, she was um, um, about to lose her home and her car had been repossessed and she had um, lost her job hmm. and she had just lost um, a parent. It was like, you know, it was just one thing after yeah. and it, things just felt hopeless. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember her just going on and hyperventilating and could hardly breathe because she just felt like everything was like closing in on her. And by the grace of God, you know, I thank God we were able to, you know, after just calming her down, having her breathe, and even praying with her, to be honest, uh, we were able to sit down and I asked her a few questions regarding her finances. And we were able to put things in buckets, create a plan, which included getting a new job and putting herself out there, um, you know, which included where she needed to target her finances to first, which was catching, first of all, you know, reaching out to the mortgage company, letting them know what she was going through so they could give her some grace on payment. Mm-hmm. And which also included 
uh, trying to get her car back because she needed a car to be able to get to and fro uh, from work. And um, and we were able to do all those things. Um, is it like all her debt and everything was paid off right away? No, she got a job. <laughs> she got her car back, yeah. right? And she was able to stop making her mortgage payments again. Yeah. So it's all about taking the baby steps and having a plan and implementing that plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate to that. And I think a lot of people are in that place where they they need the help, but they are afraid to reach out because they think they feel like they're going to get judged. But sometimes that's really what you need. Like when you're in, I think it's Les Brown who says this, when you're inside a picture, mm-hmm. it's hard for you to see the frame. So you, you would sometimes need somebody who is outside of it to look at the whole thing and be like, okay, just breathe. Yeah. And let's look at this and let's start step by step. Okay, do this one. And when it's done, okay, do this one. Because when you're trying to do all of it at the same time, it becomes overwhelming. But when you have a coach like yourself or a mentor or a guider, it becomes easier. It becomes easier to implement because they show you a system that you're going to follow and it just makes it lighter on you. I agree. And also the accountability helps too. Because when you know you're not in it alone or you feel a little stuck, knowing that you can talk to someone. And sometimes, I mean... You can probably relate to this. Sometimes it's easier to talk to someone that you're not that close to. Yeah. Because you feel like they can't really judge you because they don't know you, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's actually easier to be more vulnerable to someone that's not in the mix of what you're dealing with. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to bring the question. Yeah. All right. So for those who have listened so far and in love with Sherry, I want to reach out to Sherry. Where is the best place for people to contact you if they wanted to get to know more and learn more and work with you? Absolutely. Um, you can reach me right here on Instagram at distinct point. And um, it's all spelled um, together. And uh, um, let me know um, if you want to have a discovery call to talk about whatever you're dealing with. I'd be happy to do a complimentary uh, discovery call with you. Or if you just want to get some tips, um, advice, you know, check out my channel and let me know what you'd like to hear more on. And I'd be happy to um, uh, to do that. And thank you so much, um, Ida, for this opportunity to chat and collaborate with you and being such a, you know, we're so like-minded in so many so many ways. I hope we have the opportunity to partner on other things in the future because we're definitely uh, like-minded in so many ways. Yeah, well, I would love that. And before you go, before I let you go, what's one thing that I haven't asked you that you wanted to share with the audience, if any? Well, I actually, um, I already mentioned that I will be having a podcast that will be coming out um, focused on women who have made huge pivots in different seasons of their lives. And that's going to be coming up in October. So stay tuned on my channel and you'll hear more about that. And apart from that too, um, I am actually uh, going to be having a program that I'm going to be running um, throughout the ending of this year. And it's really going to be focused on women who again, are looking at transitioning with a focus on stay-at-home moms. For all you stay-at-home moms, out there who are looking to get back into the workforce, um, you know, I am going to be focusing on you so you can start 2024 with a new career. So stay tuned for more on that as well. Let's go, Sherry. Oh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for hanging out with us. 
If you wanted to get to work with me or contact me in any way, I'm at Ida Azefo across all social media platforms at I-D-A-Z-E-F-O-R. And you can reach out to Sherry at the same point. Bye. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ida. Take care, guys. Bye.